0: Second Chronicles twenty five. Second Chronicles twenty five. Let's look here. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've about lost my voice singing. I'll do my best to make it through this. Let's look in Second Chronicles twenty five and verse one. The Bible says Amaziah was twenty and five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. Now, I'm not going to preach on that phrase right there tonight, but at some point, God being my helper and God helping me, Lord giving me liberty, I am going to preach on that, on that idea of a man having a perfect heart with the Lord. And I hope, you, I hope you understand as a Christian that it is possible to have a perfect heart with God. That's a large statement, but it's possible. You can You can live in such a capacity to where you can get on your knees and say, Lord, there's nothing between you and me right now as far as I know. That's possible. The Bible says in 1 John, he says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That's you fellowshipping with God. So that's possible. I'm not going to preach about that tonight, but I hope you give that some consideration. Verse three, now it came to pass when the kingdom was established to him that he slew his servants that had killed the king, his father, but he slew not their children, but did as it is written in the law in the book of Moses where the Lord commanded saying, the fathers shall not die for the children, neither shall the children die for the fathers, but every man shall die for his own sin. Moreover, Amaziah gathered Judah together and made them captains over thousands and captains over hundreds, according to the houses of their fathers throughout all Judah and Benjamin, and he numbered them from twenty years old and above, and found them three hundred thousand choice men able to go forth to war that could handle spear and shield. He hired also an hundred thousand mighty men of valor out of Israel for a hundred talents of silver, now, just to catch you up to speed, in case you don't know where, where we're at in the text, the kingdom of Israel has split. And there are really two kingdoms. There are the 10 northern tribes and then there are the two southern tribes. And the the two tribes are uh, the kingdom of Judah and then the other 10 tribes are the kingdom of Israel. And Amaziah is the king over Judah, over the kingdom of Judah. And so the Bible gives you his numbers here in verse five. And then he says in verse 6 that he hired 100,000 mighty men of valor out of Israel for an 100 talents of silver. <clears throat> verse 7, but there came a man of God to him, saying, O king, let not the army of Israel go with thee, for the Lord is not with Israel to wit, that means that is, with all the children of Ephraim. But if thou wilt go, do it, be strong for the battle. God shall make thee fall before the enemy, for God hath power to help and to cast down. But Amaziah said to the man of God, but what shall we do for the hundred talents which I have given to the army of Israel? And the man of God answered, and this is what I want to preach on tonight, the Lord is able to give thee much more than this. Then Amaziah separated them, to wit, the army that was come to him out of Ephraim, to go home again, wherefore their anger was greatly kindled against Judah. And they returned home in great anger, The admonition of that preacher, of that prophet, of that man of God to the king was that don't worry about it. The Lord's able to make it up. Don't worry about it. The Lord's able to give you much more than this. All that money that you just lost because you just threw it down a rat hole, so to speak, because you wasted it on trusting in whatever else other than God, God's able to make that up and give you so much more. Lord, help us, God, tonight we pray. Lord, we turn to you, God. Lord, the best we know how. God, I pray that you'd help my voice. God, Lord, sung a little bit hard, Lord, here tonight. God, I pray that you'd make up for it, God, and help me. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help me, Lord, as I try to carry on a thought. God, pray that you'd help me, God, to... Uh, be coherent God Lord to the folks God that are listening tonight here and wherever else they might be God Lord I know some folks God are up in Virginia listening tonight pray that you'd help folks everywhere where they might be God pray that you'd touch them and Lord bless us tonight God take this scripture God take this passage Lord bless it to our hearts God pray that you'd encourage us exhort us God Lord do what you need to do in our hearts God to help us God to purpose in our hearts to live for you and we'll thank you for it in Jesus name I pray Amen. Christians are going to be, uh, more often than not, repeatedly, Christians are going to be found, they're going to find themselves at a crossroad to where they're going to have to choose between the Lord and something of some subjective value. You're going to have to pick. You, God, God is going to allow you to come up in a situation in your life, not once, not twice, not three times, very possibly Daily. That's why he said pick up the cross daily and follow me. He said, but you're going to come across things to where you're going to have to pick whether or not you're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ or whether you're going to hold on to that thing that seems like it's worth so much to you. And listen, I really can't force you to make that sacrifice. I can't force you to go to trod that path and follow your Savior and pick up your cross and follow him. But I can tell you this, whatever you feel like you are given out on, whatever you feel like you are given up God can make it up and so much more. What, it, what it's going to do is it's going to force you to come face to face with the question of whether or not you trust him. God's going to let you get into a situation and God's going to force you. He's going to force you. It's not because God's moving you around like a marionette puppet. It's that God let you get in circumstances that will force you to operate on the motives in your own heart. And the question that's going to be answered when you get in that situation is, do I really trust him? And listen, before you get there, listen, before you get there, let me just encourage you and just tell you, the Lord is able to give you so much more than this. Whatever it is that you're at the crossroad and you've got to consider and say, well, man, if I give this up, boy, I'm really going to lose out. It's worth losing out because God will give you so much more than what you've given up. The Bible says in in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22, it says the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. And I told you a couple of services ago, might have been this morning in Sunday school, that God will take the wealth of a wicked man and he'll, he'll, he'll gather all that wealth up, that wicked man will, and then God will kill that wicked man. And then God will take that money and he'll throw it up in the wind and let the wind blow it right down into your lap where you have a need. God's able to make it up to you. You get over into the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 22, and God came to Abraham. And he said, Abraham, he said, take your only son, Isaac, the son whom you love, take him up there on Mount Moriah and offer him to me for a burnt sacrifice. Now listen, Isaac was not just one more boy. Isaac was the boy of Abraham's old age. He was the son of promise. He was the son that God had come to Abraham and came to Sarah and said, listen, I'm gonna give you a son. He's gonna be the heir of, your, of everything that you've got. He is the fella through which all of the, all of the nations are gonna be blessed. And now God's coming to Abraham and saying, hey, take that very boy, that avenue of blessing, take it up there on Mount Moriah and offer it to me for a sacrifice. That's a pretty hard decision You know what Abraham did? Abraham had in the back of his mind The Lord's able to give me much more than this You go over into the book of Hebrews And the Bible said in effect That Abraham was aware of the fact That God was able to raise him from the dead You know what's better than a boy Than a a seed of promise You know what's better than a child That's a product of a promise You know what's better than that A resurrected boy You ever thought about that? See, it's just a matter of perspective. You're looking at it and saying, God, you gave this to me to enjoy. You gave this to me because it's something that you promised me. Said that I was able to have it. Why don't you just let God take it? Why don't you just let God have it? God's able to give you so much more. God's able to pick up the pieces. God's able to take the ashes and piece them back together, molecule by molecule. Raise that thing from the dead. God's able to give you so much more than what you're holding on to. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 32, he gives an account in Hebrews chapter 11. I said chapter 32, I meant chapter 11 verse 32. In chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews, he goes down and he talks about all these men that had faith in the Old Testament and he he brags on them really is what he does and in verse 32 he said, what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon And of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. See, God worked it out for some of them, but there were others that they didn't get it worked out for them. He said in verse 36, he said, and others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. The world was not worth having those people walk among them. and They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Why? God, having provided some better thing for us, that they, without us, should not be made perfect. You say, you know what all them fellas had in the back of their mind? God's able to give us much more than this. John the Baptist sitting out there on the River Jordan, and here he is, and he's preaching to these Pharisees, the spiritual elite, and he's saying, repent for the kingdom of God's at hand, and here comes these Pharisees, and they say, hey, where'd you get this authority? And he said, who's warned you to flee from the wrath to come, you generation of vipers? Well, John ain't got no provision really to speak of. He ain't got no clothes really to speak of. He's wandering out there in camel skin. He's wandering out there eating locusts and wild honey. You know what he's got in the back of his mind? God's able to give me much more than this. Yes, sir, God's able to give you much more than this. Let me point out in the text here, in verse six, the Bible says in Second Chronicles 25, verse six, he hired also 100,000 mighty men of valor, out of Israel for a hundred talents of silver. Let me me say first of all this evening, if you've got to pick between carnal strength and God's direction, take God's direction because the Lord's able to make up for what you lack in carnal strength. God's able to give you so much more. You remember old Gideon over there in Judges chapter seven? Gideon got over there. He started out with 22,000 soldiers God knocked him down to 300. That's a decrease of 87%. Hey, preacher, I think we're going to cut down. Lord, come to a preacher and say, I think we're going to cut down on your membership. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that'd be great because there's some people that's really giving me trouble. They need to hit the road. They need to go on. Lord says, I know. We're going to take care of them. Well, how about these fellas that ain't doing nothing? Yeah, we'll take care of them too. Okay, well, what are we going to be left with, Lord? Well, I'm going to take out some additional folks, too. I'm going to take out 87% of your congregation. That'd be pretty sobering. I'm not, I'm not praying for that, by the way. Don't get quiet on me. It's okay. I'm not praying God to take you away. Okay, but anyways, just making sure, just making sure you might, you might be dead here this evening. I'm going to enjoy myself, but that's okay. But he, 87%, boy, that's a big step. That's a big step. But you know what Gideon had in the back of his mind? God's able to make it up. God's able to give me much more than this. You know what? All said and done, all said and done, Gideon gets out there and all he has, all him and those 300 fellas have is a trumpet, a pitcher, a clay pot, and a light. They get up there on the on the on the side of that mountain them, them Midianites down there in the valley and they get up there light them candles they light them lights and they say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon and you know what buddy them fellas tear each other apart the Lord's able to give you much more than this Gideon didn't have much he wasn't able listen he was, you know why God knocked all those numbers down because the Lord told Gideon he said I'm afraid that when you get done with this he said you're going to vaunt yourself in your own power He said, you're going to take the credit for it. And so you know what God will do with you, old Christian? God will take you and put you in a situation to where you can't do nothing but get out on your knees and cry out for help and say, oh God, I need your help. You know what's wrong with us? You know what's wrong with us? People's Baptist Church, you know what's wrong with us? We're on a lot in our own power. We're on in our own strength. You know what you should be dependent on? You should be dependent on the Holy Spirit. You should be dependent on the, on the Word of God. You should be dependent on God's direction, not your own power, not your own strength. And see, the reason that you get so discouraged, the reason that you get so depressed is because you set out in your own power, you set out in your own strength to try and do something for the Lord, and it falls all to pieces. Falls all to pieces. Falls all to pieces. You're not dependent on the right person. You're not dependent on the right source of power. So why should it not fall all to pieces? Hey, hey, why don't you just start trusting the Lord? Why don't you just start trusting the Lord? You say, why should I do that? Because the Lord's able to give thee much more than this. You got some struggle you're coming up against in your life, dear Christian? Sitting in this building tonight, you got some, some struggle that you're coming up, up against? You say, man, I just can't whoop it. Are you sure that you really want to? If you want to, listen, let me tell you something. The Lord's able to give you much more than this. I don't know what your vice is here. I don't know what some of your vices are. Some of you, all I know about you is what I see at church. That's all I know. But listen, some of you got a hold of something and you're not willing to let it go because you enjoy it. You love it. You just love it. Love it with all your heart. And listen, I'm telling you, God's able to give you so much more than what you're holding on to. God's able, God's able to restore so much more than what you're holding on to. God's willing. Daniel chapter six, Daniel gets over there and they make a decree. They make a decree and they say, hey, there isn't anybody that can pray to any other God than this particular God for 30 days. Well, Daniel had already been praying to the God of Israel, I suppose, for most of his life and they made that decree and you know what he did? He did. He didn't buckle underneath the pressure. He went right over there and obeyed the direction of God just like he always had. He opened up his windows and looked toward Jerusalem and he started praying to the God of Israel. You know what they did? They grabbed him. They snatched him up. They took him down to the king's palace and said, hey, this fellow's praying like he ain't supposed to be praying. That that king's heart broke because he loved Daniel. He loved him. And they took him and threw him down there in that lion's den. And you know what happened? Daniel didn't have no power to shut no lion's mouth. But you know what happened? God gave him much more than what he had. God made a way where there was no way, where there was no power. God made provision. God supplied. God came through like he always does, Christian. Never failed, he never failed, he never failed, never will fail, never will fail. God's able to give you much more than this. God sent an old angel down there and said, Hey, you go get a hold of them lines and tell them to shut their mouth. Don't, don't you touch my anointed, don't you touch my prophet. Some of you, the thing that you're struggling with might be depression, might be some spiritual battle that you're fighting with principalities and powers. And I'm telling you, if you just trust God, if you just trust God, if you'd go to God in prayer, if you'd look to God for some direction, God would send an angel to shut that old lion's mouth. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. God's able to give you much more than this. God's able. God's able to give you much more than this. Yep. But I can't stand it. Yeah, right. Verse nine says, and Amaziah, this old prophet came, came to Amaziah and said, hey, don't take them folks with you to battle. He said, God, God doesn't like them Ephraimites. Amaziah said, but hey, I've done paid them a bunch of money. I'm gonna lose all that money. And in verse 9, he says, And Amaziah said to the man of God, But what shall we do for the hundred talents which I have given to the army of Israel? And the man of God answered, Lord's able to give thee much more than this. Let me say, if you've got to choose between man's approval and God's power, take God's power. Take God's power every time. Listen, you're not going to be missing much. Listen, I know it seems like a lot, but you're not going to be missing much by losing out on man's approval. You're not going to be missing out on much if you've got to pick between man's approval man's approval and God's power take God's power. I know what I know what gets a lot of Christians. I know what gets a lot of Christians because I am one. You know what gets you when people don't approve of what you're doing it bothers you. There's something in man that wants to be accepted by his peers. There's something no man wants to be an outcast if he's in his right mind. Now, you might have a little bit more of a a recluse personality. You might have a little bit more of a withdrawn personality, but you don't appreciate it when people reject you. And so what you'll do is you'll get up against something and you'll start compromising with folks and you'll start saying, well, maybe I can soften up a little bit here. Maybe I can toughen up a little bit here to fit in with the crowd. That's what happens in high schools. All the jocks, a.k.a. the jerks, hang out together. Amen, amen, amen. All the jerks, all, all the football team players, they all hang out together. You say, what's going on? They're they under as much peer pressure as the, as the slouch is that's shooting dope. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Yes, sir. Go along and say something stupid to somebody or uh, do a stupid action. They didn't want to do nothing, none of that no more than the man on the moon, but hey, got somebody impressed. Listen, I'm telling you, if you've got to pick between man's approval and God's power, just take God's power. Yeah. Just take God's power. Listen, if somebody's sitting around and watching your life and they don't approve of what you're doing, if you got the power of God, what difference does it make? Power of God come in like a, like a D21 bulldozer and just plow it right over. God ain't worried about it. You remember old Elijah came in presence of Ahab? Elijah stood in the presence of the federal government and said, it ain't gonna rain no more. I wonder what prophet stood in what country and said, "Hey, a virus is fixing to come out." Just something to think about. Yeah, right. You say that's not the, this virus ain't the judgment of God. I beg to differ. Right. God's in it. Yeah. God's in it. Yeah. God's not just mad with one country. God's mad at the world. That's right. yeah. Yes, sir. You better start getting right with God. That's why I chose not to shut the church down. It don't make no sense. It doesn't make any sense why you'd shut the church down in an epidemic like this. This is the place where people should be flocking to and saying, God have mercy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You say you believe this is the judgment of God? I don't know what else it would be. I, I'm just saying, listen, all I'm saying is if you got to pick between God, man's approval and God's power, take God's power every time. He stood in the presence of Ahab and said, hey, it ain't gonna rain no more. It ain't gonna rain no more. I'm sure it made Ahab a little upset because he he's being been puppeteered by his old wife, old spineless Ahab. He's being puppeted by his wife. Probably made him a little upset and God took Elijah. Listen, God took Elijah and led him down to an old brook named Cherith. And you know what? While the whole world, listen, while the whole world's going through a, a drought, God's taking that fella and led him down there to the brook of Cherith and he's sending ravens a blackbird, an unclean bird sending ravens to drop off morsels of meat and bread in the morning morsels of meat and bread at night. God's providing for his man that was faithful to just trust in the power of God and not in some king's approval. I know you may not understand how intimidating that is. I, I, I take that back. I'm sure you understand how intimidating it is. Some of us have trouble talking to the fellow down at the workplace. Imagine standing before a king. Imagine standing before, of course, some of you might like to tell Trump off. I don't know. But standing in the presence of some dignitary, some of you would probably do that, but some others of you'd buckle. You'd buckle under the pressure. Elijah went up there and said, it ain't gonna rain for three years. God took him and led him down there. You say, what was going on? Power of God was with him. God took him down there to the brook of Cherith and fed him, let him drink out of that brook. And you know what? During the drought, that drought even got a hold of Elijah. And God said, hey, it's time to move on. That old brook dried up. God took Elijah and took him over there to a little old widow woman. And here comes out this widow woman with that little boy. And she's going out and she's gathering. The Bible says two sticks. Two sticks. You say, what's she fixing to do? She's fixing to make a fire because she's going to, make her a little cake. She got a little bit of oil and she got a little bit of meal in a barrel and she's fixing to make her a little cake. If all you're going to do is bake a little cake on two sticks, you must have a very, very small amount of meal. She's fixing to go out there and get, and Elijah says, hey, he says, why don't you go get me something to drink? In a drought? Yeah, go get me something to drink. And while she's going, he says, and oh, by the way, he says, why don't you make me a little cake if you would? He's a, he's a preacher. He's a Baptist preacher. You say, how'd I know that? Cornmeal. Cornbread, man. That was, my, that was the best attempt at a joke I can come up with. I'm sorry. So she goes in there. She says, hang on a second. She said, listen, all I've got is just a little bit. All I've got's just a little bit. And she said, once I make that, I'm going to eat that. Me and my boys going to eat it, and we're going to starve and die. He said, go ahead and do what you're planning on doing. He said, but before you do that, make me a cake. She said, man, this guy doesn't understand. I know he says he's a prophet. But he doesn't understand. Once I make him a cake, I ain't got enough. But you know what? She did exactly what he said. And when she went back in there to her kitchen to open the lid off that barrel, she looked down in the bottom of that barrel and lo and behold, there was just as much in there as when she first started. You say, what's going on? You know what Elijah was telling her? The Lord's able to give you much more than this. And you know what? She didn't have cornmeal. She didn't have meal coming out her ears the whole time that Elijah was there. She didn't have everything that she wanted, but she had enough to make it. You say, all she had was just enough to eat just a little cake day by day. But yeah, but what about later in that same chapter there in 1 Kings chapter 17? You remember what happened to her boy? Her boy died. Her boy died. And she said, hey, Man of God, did you come to bring my sin to remembrance? Something's going on there. She knew she deserved that thing. Something that she had done troubled her conscience. And now here this young man died. You know what Elijah did? Elijah took that boy and went and prayed over him. God brought him back to life. I'd say that was worth doing everything that she did in regards to Elijah. I'd say that that was worth trusting in the power of God instead of some old dummy's approval. If you got to choose between man's approval and God's power, I suggest taking God's power. You say, why? The Lord's able to give you much more than this. Jesus said, I'm going to Calvary. I'm going to Calvary. And the disciples didn't understand. They even disagreed with him. They said, no, you ain't going to Calvary. There ain't nobody going to crucify you. Lord, just ignore it. You know where it led him? It led him to a shameful, lonely death. He went by himself. He went alone. He went down there and you know what the Holy Ghost was whispering in the ears of the Son of God? God is able to give thee much more than this. God's able. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that he he endured the cross despising the shame. You know why he did that? Who for the joy that was set before him. The Lord didn't enjoy going to Calvary. The Lord, that was not something that the Lord looked at and clapped his hands and said, oh goody, here we go. But he did it anyway You say why There was something on the other side of the cross That he was anticipating God's able to give you much more than this He did that as your example Listen I'm telling you God is able to give you much more Than what you've got right now That's right Jesus Christ walked through Galilee one day And he turned around And he looked at a fella And he's there mending some nets It's a fella and his brother And he said hey He said follow me You say, who was that? Peter and Andrew. He said, follow me. He said, I'll make you fishers of men. They said, why should we follow you? He said, the Lord's able to give you much more than this. The Lord walks on a little bit later and he comes across two more fellows. You say, who is that? James and John. Sons of Zebedee. And he says, hey. He says, follow me. Why should we follow you, Lord? Why should we follow you, Jesus? He says, because God's able to give you much more than this. You know what they did? The Bible says that they left their nets with their father. They left their nets with the hired servants and left and followed Jesus. Jesus Christ went to Calvary, looked like they'd lost everything. He went to Calvary, he died, he was buried, he rose again. Acts chapter two, they get in the upper room at the Feast of Pentecost. On that great day of the Feast of Pentecost, they get in that upper room, the Holy Ghost comes down, fills the room where they're sitting, fills them with the Holy Ghost, and they start going out and they start preaching, and souls are added to the church. The next chapter, here shows up Peter and John, and they're going into the temple. They're going into the temple and they turn over and they look. They look down there at a lame fella and they say, Huh. They say, Hey, look up here at us. That lame fella looks up there and they say, Silver and gold, Peter. He says, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And you know what the Bible says? That fella didn't crawl up there. The Bible said he leaped up. Yeah. You know what had happened? You know what had happened? Exactly what Jesus had told them would happen. God's able to give you much more than this. You know what they got? They got so much more than that commercial fisherman job. Hmm? That's exactly what they got. God is able. God's able to give them so much more than that. They get over there still a little bit later down in the chapter. might even be Acts chapter 4. And the Pharisees pull these fellas in. Hey, by what authority are you doing these things? And they go on, and Peter and John preach a message and tell them, Hey, we're doing it by the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who you crucified. And they sat around and they said, Man, they said, We know that these fellows have been with Jesus. If you've been with Jesus Christ, folks, if you've been fellowshipping with him, people will know. The Bible says, I believe it's in 2 Corinthians, he says, If any man loved God, the same is known of him. What about you? What do people know about you? I know he steals from me. He steals time off of his his time card. A lot of Christians, that's all folks know about him. Anyway, he's not trying to preach about that. I can tell just a little bit of a lull in the service there. Let me get back over here trying to encourage you a little bit. (laughs) God gave them so much more than what they'd asked for. God gave them so much more. They get over there and they say, hey, what can we say about these fellas? They say, say, surely a notable miracle's been done. We can't say anything against it. And so they just beat them and said, hey, don't preach anymore in his name. The Bible says that they gathered up their duds. It's an old southern term, I guess. They gathered up their duds and walked out of there rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name's sake. You say, what had happened? God had given them more than what they'd ever dreamed of having as those old commercial fishermen. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what's going on with some Christians around the world, what's going on with some Christians here in Folkestone, what's going on with some Christians here in People's Baptist Church, is that God is wanting to do something with you and you just like an old stubborn jackass you're saying, no, not me, not me. God's trying to lead you across the river and you say, no, no, I ain't going over there. You know why? It's going to take you out of your comfort zone. And listen, all I'm telling you, I'm not going to try and make you go. I'm not going to kick you across the river. All I can tell you is that God's able to give you much more than this. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you're holding on to and using as an excuse to justify yourself and not trusting the Lord, God's able to give you much more than this. I'll tell you, listen, I'll tell you why you're dead in your own life. I'll tell you why you're just dead, plucked up, dry at the roots. It ain't because of my preaching. It ain't because of this church. It's because of you. It's because somewhere along the lines, God pricked your heart and said, hey, would you follow me in this capacity? And you drew back. You drew back. You drew back. You said, no, not me, Lord. I can't do that. Might have been because God put his finger on some sin that you perform it, and you said, I'm not willing to get rid of that. And so God said, okay. And God's left you alone ever since and you know exactly what it is that's grieving the Holy Spirit in your life, you're not willing to get it right. Might be something immoral. I said it might be something immoral. Might be some pictures that you're looking at. Might be something that you got in your house. Might be something that you're doing with your hands. Might be something you're putting in your mouth. Might be something you're letting come in your ears or come up your nose for all I know. I don't know. I hope you ain't snorting no cocaine. Might be some bitterness that you got in your heart and God said, listen, if you let me have that, if you let me address that issue in your heart, listen, I can give you so much more than this. I'm telling you, there's so, much, there's so many Christians that have been knocked out of the race just by bitterness, just by being upset over something that took place in their past and they can't get past it. Listen, I'm telling you, God can give you so much better than that. God can give you better, better, better. God can give you better. God can give you better, Lord's able to give you so much more. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to trust Him with it. I don't know if you're going to trust Him with it. If you've got, listen, if you've got to choose between financial prosperity and spiritual progress, I recommend taking the spiritual progress. You say, why? The Lord's able to give you much more than this. Listen, you business fellas in here, if you got to take a hit for a couple of thousand dollars to do the right thing, do the right thing. Amen. I'm not telling you got to make up that money, but God might let you have some spiritual progress that the fellow who's cheating ain't got. Amen. You look at all these fellas like Bill Gates and all these other fellas that got all this money, Steve Jobs, and all these te- technical fellas that got money just coming out there. They got more money than they got since. They got no peace of heart. I'm telling you, God's able. God's able. God's able to give you so much more than this. Hey, some of you folks sitting at home tonight, this thing going out over the internet, some of you folks sitting at home tonight, you working overtime out the wazoo. You working overtime out the wazoo in the middle of a pandemic, but you can't find an opportunity to get down to the house of God. You made your choice. You made your choice. I'm not... I'm not going to put the handcuffs on you and tell you to get down here. I'm not going to do that. All I'm going to say is God's able to give you much more than this. You go ahead and take your $1,000. Go ahead and take your $5,000 and you're missing out on the greatest blessing of your life. To be able to turn around at the end of your life and look back Right before you get to the judgment seat of Christ, and to be able to turn around and look back and say, "You know what? I didn't waste my life chasing earthly pleasure that's going to account for nothing. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last." Tell me, you're taking your life and you're just throwing it right out the window, chasing all the earthly pleasure of this world. Well, a man's got to eat. Bible says I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread don't you reckon that God can supply all that food that you need I know some of you don't think that you say how do you know that don't you feel the tension in here you say that's just people thinking I hope so I'm not trying. I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm trying to get you to think God's got something better. God's got something better. Listen, you can look at God as a judge because He is. He is a judge, but He's a loving, merciful Savior. And He's standing on the other side of whatever's keeping you from following Him. And He's saying, Would you come on? Would you come on? Just come this way. God's got a world of untold blessings that you don't know anything about all you can do is stand around and listen to people talk about and reminisce about the good old days and how God's poured out his blessings you say well I'm following the Lord and I don't have any of those blessings you're not doing something right I said you're not doing something right would you listen to me I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not telling you that you're going to have money and health coming out your ears. But I'm telling you there's a fellowship that cannot compare with what you can ascertain in this world. There's a fellowship that's real. There's a fellowship that you can have with God through the person of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. You can have fellowship with God. You can have fellowship with God. And I tell you, it's been a long time for many of you. It's been a long time. And I guarantee you, listen, I guarantee you what happened somewhere along the lines, God tried to deal with you about something and you drew back. Said, no, thank you. I really appreciate that stuff. Lord, I really like that stuff. You were honest with God, which is a good thing. Don't lie to him. Don't try and con him. God don't appreciate a con man. That's right. But you're honest with God, but that honesty never took you to a place of humility where you said, God, I really like this stuff, but Lord, I'm willing to change my heart. I'm willing to change my mind. And so you sat in your seat, service after service, week after week, year after year, dried up, dead, just bone dry, dead. And every time that the preacher takes a lull, every time the church services take a lull, you think it's the preacher, you think it's the church. Man, God just doesn't meet with us like he used to. God meets with me like he used to. I'm telling you, Brother Spike, I'm telling you, it's not the preacher and it's not the church. It's you. Where's your fellowship with the Lord? very good possibility is that you chose something rather than the riches that Christ has got. Listen, all I'm trying to tell you tonight is God is able to give you much more than this. God's able. I I just don't see how God's going to make it up. He can and He will. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how God's going to make it up in your life because I don't know what you're struggling with. But all I can tell you is that I know the Lord. He's a good God. He's better. He'll be better to you than you could ever dream of being. Listen, some of you sitting in here, you—I I believe that there's some folks in this church and in other places that have a hard time forgiving themselves for some stupid decision that they make, for that they made. And you know what? If you'd just go to the Lord in prayer and say, God, I'm sorry, and mean it, and really be broken about the thing, the Lord will forgive you just like that. God's more forgiven towards you than you are yourself. God's able to give you much more than this. I just can't believe that I trusted myself to do X or I trusted myself to let this thing go. I just made this bad decision. I know, stupid decision. I don't know because I don't know what it is that you're dealing with. I just, I don't know. But I know how people are. I know how I am. Make a stupid decision. God, why did I trust myself? That was stupid. Same thing I've done 1,500 times in the past, but I did it again. Get broken about the thing and tuck my tail between my legs and head towards God and say, God, I'm sorry. You know what? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all, all, all unrighteousness, all of it, even the ones you can't forgive yourself for. I'm just telling you, folks, God, God is able to give you so much more than this. God, help us tonight, Lord, I pray. God, I pray that you deal with your people. God, I thank you for these folks. God, I pray that you'd help them. God, help them to see, Lord, what a wonderful Savior. You truly are. God, help them to see what a merciful God you are. And Lord, that if they just come to you, God, if they just trust you, Lord, you could work miracles in their lives. God, that they couldn't ever dream that God you'd do for them. God, I pray that you'd help them. Lord, I pray. God, I pray. Touch them, Lord, we pray. God, thank you, Lord, for letting us be here tonight. God, I pray that you'd keep every single person in this building safe from this virus. God, the folks that have tuned in tonight on the internet, God, I pray that you'd keep them safe. God, many elderly folks in our church, pray that you watch out over them. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.